Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets, what's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. Hello and welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. I'm sitting at their Gold and Silver Summit with a good friend of mine, a private investor. His name is Dr. John Wustencroft. And um, it's always good to talk to John because he's made a lot of money in mining and he, he studies mining companies. But at the same time, he is refreshingly cynical about some of the things that mining companies say. And, John, it was interesting talking to you earlier. You were saying that you're, you're less interested at the moment in, in individual companies because you don't think the market is placing any value to, to, to gold in the ground. And you're more, more interested in kind of making macro calls. Would you, would you care to expand on that for us? Yes, I think there's, there's two elements to that. Firstly, when the 2008 financial crisis occurred, the juniors were absolutely hammered. And I remember sitting there, as I'm sure many investors were, looking at their share prices fall and 10, 15, 20% daily, day after day, wondering, is the market really so irrational? Or, in fact, is there a reason for this collapse in, in share prices? And I'm talking now not about the barracks and the Newmonts, but about the junior market, where, as I think you mentioned, we're companies historically look at ounces in the ground and sell themselves to the public on the basis of prospective returns based on turning those ounces into production. And if you, say, go to, uh, there's many websites out there, you, you can get lists of companies of juniors and seniors and look at their PE ratios and look at their, their operational cash flow thrown off by the mines for, for producing companies. And I realise that if you actually look at a producing company and the amount of capital they've raised to get into production and at current prices being valued on, for example, three times cash flow, which might be a PE of six, and even today you can buy companies like Rio and BHP and Anglo, which admittedly aren't gold producers, but even Newmont and Barrick aren't, aren't far off those operational cash flows. Look at the seniors and look at how much cash they're throwing off and how much capital has been thrown into those companies to get that cash flow. And then compare that with the juniors. You've got some junior, maybe with a market cap of 30, 50, 100 million, with some gold in the ground. And you have to think, what do they have to do to get that gold out and become a genuine business, not a venture that's forever diluting themselves, but a genuine business like Newmont is throwing off cash year after year after year. And when you actually do the maths behind that, it's not particularly difficult to do. You look at the capital needed and then the total enterprise value of the company when they're in production and multiply that by uh, multiply the, the cash flow being thrown off every year by three and, and, and compare them. It actually turns out that lots of the juniors have negative value because in order to get into production and raise all that capital to go into production and then be on a comparable valuation to the new months of the world the value has to be minus 50 million or minus 100 million. And this made me realise, and which was one of the beginnings of my cynical forays into market valuations, it made me realise that lots of companies really do have negative value. And therefore, maybe in a world where juniors are getting hit and liquidity is dropping, you need to start looking at other companies, companies that don't have a negative value, genuine companies that throw off cash year after year after year. And another 
issue that struck me at the time with the junior companies, as well as potentially having a negative value, and I'm sure lots of people presenting today would say they're not in that category, but as well as having a negative value on an enterprise value, capital needed to get into production basis, these companies were going to find it very hard to actually get to the production stage. Now, there was a talk today called The, the, uh, the End of the Age of Finance, yeah. and I wish that talk had been The End of the Age of Financing, because what happened in 2008, uh, again, exposed a lot of junior companies to the terrible predicament they're in. They're incredibly leveraged to the gold price. The gold price rises, and theoretically, their shares could, should, should rise dramatically because of the leverage. But unfortunately, they're also exposed to the availability of capital and the availability of financing. And I believe that in the especially in the junior market, we have come to the end of the age of financing. And we've seen this recently in the last, um, the last year. Look at the UK market. Look at, for example, Petra Pavlovsk. Terrible share price performance this year, all based on, on rumours which turn out to be untrue that they may need to come back to the market for more uh, capital. Look at a company like Shantagold that fell from 36p to 18p when the market got wind of having to do a financing and the share price halved, albeit through insiders disseminating information illegally. But notwithstanding that, the share price halved because finance is so hard to come by these days. So again, look at a lot of these junior companies. Even if they can get financing, they may have a negative value on a comparable basis to producers. And in fact, a lot of the time that financing isn't available. And so that's made me become very cynical about the junior marketplace. Yeah, I mean, just to, to add a little bit to what you've said there, if you look at the different categories of companies and how they've done over the last year, those um, companies that have recently got into production and have increased their production and have built mines properly without running into all, all the gremlins that you run into. They've actually done quite well. A lot of them are in positive territory for the year. But if you look at those companies that have made a discovery, they haven't got any money, it's going to be three years before any kind of mine is built, they've been absolutely annihilated and some of them are down 80 or 90%. And then if you look at the prospect generator uh, explorer model, which are usually cash risk, having somebody else pay for their drilling, that, that, those companies haven't been hit as hard. Well, that's, that's down to this dilution again. A, a prospect generator, by definition, is probably not going to have a zero or negative value because they don't need to endlessly dilute themselves or necessarily raise capital to get into production because it's somebody else taking all that risk and somebody else investing all the early-stage capital. And I think uh, another thing that one has to look at when you're looking at a junior is, is this a venture or is this a business? And this is something that a lot of... Uh, investors, I think, when you go to investor presentations or go to shows, companies don't always differentiate themselves. And people think that they're going along and looking at some drilling results, some nice geological maps, and on the stall next door, there's a business that's producing gold. And they somehow think they're the same category of organization, and they're not. There are ventures, which I always think of uh, the Merchant of Venice, and, and people giving some money to some entrepreneur who sets off sail on a ship to the east to come back years later with spices and make everyone rich. These are what a lot of the juniors represent, is hoping beyond probably beyond uh, reasonableness that someone's <laughs> actually going to come back with, with a ship laden with, with gold and spices um, as opposed to what might be a relatively mundane business where someone's going to be throwing off cash, off, off cash every year, paying their taxes, 
paying the directors a nice bonus and maybe paying a dividend and doing a bit more exploration. And this, this then leads into the second space. Take, take the very early stage juniors, but, uh, which, which I think possibly have negative or zero value. But even in the second space, there are still those companies that are businesses but the main function of the business is to have a mine for a few years to generate enough cash to build the next mine, which generates enough cash to build a mine after that, which generates enough cash and so on. And a lot of these smaller companies, even though they may be 50, 100,000 ounce producers, they're not in the space to be bought by the big players and they're not in a financially strong enough position to pay a dividend. And you then have to question why they exist. And I think <laughs> if one was being cynical as... I am. A lot of these companies exist just for themselves. They occasionally need to present themselves to the public to get shareholder interest. They do the odd financing. But they're never going to be in a position to actually de to declare or, or pay a dividend. So even if um, a, a mine or a company is in production and is a business, one has to question whether they're a business that you'd want to invest in. Because the ha to my mind, there has to be an end game. And I remember at shows like we're at today asking people running companies what's their end game and it throws people most of the time they don't have an end game they're just on the board of a company producing silver or producing gold and they have vague plans to double production sometimes concrete plans but a lot of the time there is no end game sometimes they're very clear yes we're going to prove up so many ounces and we're going to sell or uh, I think a long-time favourite of yours, Gold Resource Corp. They had a very, very clear game right from day one. We're going to produce gold. A third is going to be paid in tax. A third is going to be um, invested in more gold mines. And a third is going to be re returned to the shareholders. And I, what I would like to look for are companies that have a business plan on how they're going to generate value for shareholders or have an end game on how they're going to be sold out and are not what you might call lifestyle companies for the board of directors to perpetuate the longevity of the company without necessarily a concrete, tangible goal of a return to shareholders. So in many ways, uh, these, all these junior companies are a, a, a symptom of too much credit, too much easy finance, and despite the fact that they have potential gold and silver ore bodies, the value of which should be increasing, um, they are still, they've still been credit crunched. They've still been credit crunched, but of course we don't know what's going to happen in the coming years, and it's possible that some of these companies with rich ore bodies can prove up an ore body quickly enough for it to be a multi-million ounce prospect, for it to be sold on to a senior. And that's a very uh, clear uh, plan to a venture. And I, I think that's, if a company has that plan, that's great to say, this is our asset, we're going to do this drilling, we're going to prove up this, and then we're going to put ourselves up to sale. I think that's, that those companies do clearly have potential value. Um, so I don't, wouldn't want to say the whole junior space is valueless. But nonetheless, I think it's clear when you look at lots of presentations on capital being uh, put in, especially into the gold market, that billions of be is being put in into the junior space and has been over, the, over recent years, and very little has actually come back to the investors. Isn't it amazing when you look at the chart of how much money has been spent and gold production is still declining? I think that's a, a clear sign that um, perhaps one needs to uh, invest in uh, those areas that are going to provide uh, have, a, have a clear prospect of a return rather than a venture. Because money's being thrown into the venture side and that's not providing a return, maybe that's an indicator that, in fact, buying physical or, or playing the futures market or, or, or buying a dividend-producing CNEs is actually a place where you're still exposed to the gold market and you do have a genuine prospect of a return. 
Well, John, what can I say? I mean, there's all sorts of reasons that have been offered for the underperformance of, uh, of gold mining companies, gold explorers, and in particular juniors. It's really re- refreshing to hear yours, which is in many ways the, the most uh, creditable of all the reasons that I've heard. So, John Wollstonecroft, thank you very much for coming on the show, and do come on and talk to me again. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Do you want to? Do you have a website you want to plug or anything like that? I've, I've no no websites or anything I wish to plug. No agenda whatsoever. <laughs> John Wollstonecroft, thank you very much. Cheers. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 